KRCL, Salt Lake City. I'm Rashawn Leak, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Tonight on the show, a Roundtable Tuesday panel discussion on Juneteenth. Joining me will be Janetta Williams of the NAACP Salt Lake Branch and Tri-State Area of Utah, Nevada, and Idaho, Robert Birch a Sima Hadithi African American Heritage and Cultural Foundation, which just this last weekend conducted a soil ceremony for black men lynched in the Beehive State. That's right, y'all, possibly in our own backyard. But right now, let's get to rallies and resources with Laura Jones. What up, Laura? Hey, Rashawn. How are you? I'm doing well. How you doing, lady? Uh, heavy lift tonight. I know. Conversation that affects all of us, Juneteenth. June 19th, the official celebration on the 20th, but there's so much stuff going on. So I thought, you know, before we get your guests on later this hour, we could talk about a, a few things. Like this morning, there was, it is National Flag Day. Okay. Yes, it is. We're going to get into flags, so stick around for that. But there was a Juneteenth flag raising down at the Salt Lake City County Building earlier today. Uh, tomorrow, there's a Black African American Business Forum at Zions Bank. There's so much. We'll put a link in the show notes. There's another flag raising on Friday, 11.30 a.m. at Salt Lake County Government Center, 2001 South State Street. You got a big Utah Juneteenth celebration on Saturday up in Ogden. Also on Saturday, Main Street, Open Streets downtown. Uh, the Salt Lake County Juneteenth Festival at the Viridian Center in West Jordan on Saturday. With Real Salt Lake Everybody's on getting in it. I Okay, so a I, skate I, party though. I, I'm oh, I'm going. We already, you know, I told you, Joe got us as a, a family gift. We got, uh, I think it was last Father's Day. We all have roller skates, quad, y'all. We're not talking about. We're not talking, talking about inline. We're talking about. Oh yeah, we're talking real, real. I might, I might bust out the bell bottoms, Laura. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> you still have those? No, I don't. <laughs> You're putting the call out. Oh, I might. Yeah. If y'all, if y'all uh, got some bell bottoms for your boy, come drop them by <laughs> the station. Anyway, there's there's a, a ton of things going on. Like N Natasha Cadet mm -hmm. from last uh, week, yep, last the week. Summer of Color. That's happening on the 19th. That's this Sunday. On yep. June 19th. It's also Father's Day. They're going to be celebrating fathers. Lots of great stuff going on at their street party, which is on 600 West and about 100 South in front of the trap. I love how much we so. got going on. And stuff throughout the end of the month, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's no longer just a one-day event. Really, we, uh, we, we double down. There's going to be some events going on, I think, almost throughout the whole month. So how do you feel about Juneteenth? Because I've been watching on social media where corporations are putting out Juneteenth product and then they're having to grab it back because it's way yeah, profiteering. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm excited. I, 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 think, I think it's one of those holidays that we all should pause and really appreciate that we have because it's not, it's not just a holiday that's for black people. It's a holiday we all should be proud of because it's slavery ended. It's a, it's. It's a terrible mark in our U.S. history, and it's something that we should look yeah. to see, like how we can how we can make it right in our own way. You know, this mm -hmm. is you know this is everybody gets to choose differently how they want to show up for this. Yeah. But it's something that we all should show up for. I talked about that last night with Dr. Tamara Stevenson from Westminster because Juneteenth is about the fact that it was years later mm -hmm, that too. black yeah. folk in Texas got the word about emancipation. So again, I'm conflicted about 
you know, how much do I get to celebrate versus do I need to sit back and be educated or take everybody? I, you know, and that's I'm I'm one person. You know, we're not a monolith, but I think you know what? If you want to celebrate and and show up, you should. You should because it is it is huge, and you know because we know. We know as a country, if they could have, if they could have teased that out a little longer, yeah. it'd be, it would have been three years or four years. So, so the fact that we, you know, it happened and slavery was ended, you know, it, it's a shame that it took two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. We can't control, we can't control what happened, but we can control what we do tomorrow. Well, and I like the idea of Juneteenth even more in successive years mm-hmm. as it becomes ingrained yeah, yeah, yeah. in our statewide list of celebrations. And folks, um, we're not going to have, well, we should keep having the conversation, but Absolutely. this angst over how do I get to celebrate? Yeah. Can I buy the plates that are Juneteenth <laughs> You know plates? that, yeah. Uh, I'm lo- yeah, we're looking at you. We're looking at you stores. Like, you know, <laughs> put maybe the plates, maybe the, you know, the, uh-huh. the doilies. That's, you know, it's not a good idea. It's and not I'm, a good look. I wanted to get your read on the news out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Gosh. And uh, the headline here, Fox 13, six Utahns arrested an Idaho white supremacist bus. They were there to disrupt, if not riot, and cause mayhem at a pride event. Six Utahns mm-hmm. included in that bus. Of course, innocent until proved yep. guilty. But I don't know. You're all piled in the back of a U-Haul I, I, in I, uniforms. I mean, you know, I, I love the irony is that gas prices were so high that they decided to all <laughs> jump into a U-Haul truck. <laughs> But, I mean, let's let's be honest. You know, hate is alive and well. Yeah. If if we have learned nothing, and just you know, like we talked about last week with the school shootings, if we've learned nothing, hate is alive, and it's going to manifest itself in so many different ways. Yeah, you're right. One of the things I think we can do is educate, yeah. educate oh, ourselves, educate absolutely. each other about our civic process, and mm. that brings to our Ooh, first segue. Look at you go. The show joining us now. Uh, we have in the studio with us. From a great group called the Utah Civic Learning Collaborative, we have Robert Austin. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Welcome, hey. Robert. Hey, thanks for ha- Thank you. Of course. Absolutely. And it's summer of civics for the collaborative. And I remember when y'all formed a couple years back uh, in the before times, right? Right. Hey. Um, the whole goal is to raise the level, the quality of education and engagement with, with youth about civics and we just had those studies come out of Utah Valley University in their Constitutional Studies Center that showed the average Utah gets a D in civics and then also the challenges for K through 12 teachers Mm -hmm. in teaching civics especially at a time when people are showing up at school board meetings and shouting what about what they do and do not want their children taught so this is a an important time but a fraught time right it is a fraught time but it's also you know I think in crises, there are also opportunities, mm. and I think that's what we have to focus on. I think we can't we can't step back as educators at this moment. We really have to lean in, and that's what we're really excited about with the House Bill 273, which was <laughs> funded at the legislature this year for 1.5 million dollars okay. to provide uh, grants to educators and LEAs to do innovative civics education. So I, I have a question. What is so I like that. I mean, anytime anytime we're going to peel off one point five and, and give it to our schools, our educators and make sure they are properly funded. I, you know, I'm always going to be OK with that. What does that look like? What is that? You know, so if we say we're peeling off, what is the education? What what courses, studies? What would we like to see with that money spent? <laughs> it's, it's a great question. We don't know, because I mean, one of the great things about this bill which was championed by representative dan johnson for 
a number of years to finally get this passed was to say, you know, it's not enough in civics education. It's kind of like basketball. It's not enough to just learn how to dribble and to shoot. You also have to play the game. Mm. And so we really want students to be able to be a part of playing the game of civic life. We have a really cool definition of civics and what civic education means in Utah. I actually love the definition. It's, um, it's in statute. And it says that we are going to, if we're going to do civic education right, that means we're going to cultivate informed, responsible participation in political life yes. by competent citizens. Ooh, now Ooh that's, that's dangerous. Those are, da those are dangerous words. Qualifying citizen there. Uh-huh. Well, you uh, – we. It's in our statute. Lawmakers yeah. agreed. It's Competent citizens. Yep. And it means committed to the fundamental values and principles of representative democracy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not a partisan issue. No. A commitment to the fundamental values of what makes this country amazing and challenging, <laughs> right, are the, the responsibility to enter into the marketplace of ideas right. and to engage in the kinds of really hard work that it takes to be civically engaged. So there's this $1.5 million for yeah. Sean out of HB 273, and it's the Local Innovation Civics Education Grant Opportunity. And folks, it's time to step up and uh, write up. It's They want it from teachers, I'm guessing, and civics right. so folks. Want, Deadline, June 30th. At Deadline's June 30th. You can get more information just by going to USBE, which is the Utah State Board of Education. Right on our website at the banner at the top is a link to the application so parents out there who want to encourage their teachers and schools to be involved can encourage folks to apply for this grant. The, there are so many great civic organizations in the Boys and Girls Clubs mm -hmm. or the United Way or League of Women you know, Voters, Voters, Voters yep. that can collaborate. You know all of these oh folks, yeah. and you want to encourage them to think about how do we collaborate in partnership with schools to provide the kind of innovations we want. Support evidence-informed local innovations in civics, teaching, and learning. Uh, here's some ideas, Rashawn. Constitutional literacy initiatives, media literacy or Love digital it. citizenship initiatives, and academic service learning initiatives. What, is, what does that mean? Because yeah. Robert is here because he's with Utah Civic Learning Collaborative, but he's also the humanities team coordinator, secondary social studies specialist for the Utah State Board of Education, the USBE we were mentioning a minute right. ago. You know, the uh, academic service learning means let's – Let's think about the ways we can serve because we know that when students feel connected to their community, they feel like they have some skin in the game, they're going to be engaged civically. Preach. That's, right? Mm. And if they're providing service, certainly that's, I mean, when we talk about Martin Luther King Day or when we talk about Juneteenth, those are the opportunities we want to really grow with students. Mm. But we also want to tie that to academics. So, for example, if you're going to go out and work in a food bank, that's fantastic. But we also want students to understand why are there food deserts? Why is there so much poverty? What are the what are the policy issues that can be affected? Connect the dots. Yeah, Connect the that's dots. right. And then we let the students think about well, how can who do I need to talk to if I want to make change? Who's the the? It's not always a letter to the president. No. It's a letter to the zoning commission or a letter to the school board or a or showing up at a public hearing because a lot of times maybe it's not about screaming showing up. at the public hearing. And yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, maybe we can <laughs> take know? a little learn something from our right, students. Right, yeah. learning how to engage civilly. You bet. You're a dad. You've got a couple of kids, and you've mentioned frequently on this program that you try in the before times, and hopefully soon again, yep. you you go and and help out, and then you're able to reinforce at home. Oh yeah, well I I think it's so important. It, it's it's so it's so important because a lot of times we see that you know parents 
we we all have you know we all want to see what's what's best and see what's best for our kids and you know and, and we send them to certain schools and certain school districts because of that but i think there's a there's a gap into into the insight of what's going on in a classroom and, uh, and so i understand when parents are uncomfortable but there comes a trust you know you pick this school you pick this teacher and and you have to trust and there's got to be a relationship and a give and take and I think that's the piece that's missing where parents, they, they feel uncomfortable because they might not know or understand fully what's going on. And then and then you, you get all these other outside influences that start seeping and planting seeds and watering it. And now you have this book banning where I haven't read any books. And, you know, and there's so it's I, I implore parents who are listening before you before you just jump off the bridge, find out what is going on and really ask these teachers, because. No teacher, I, I won't say no, because it, you know there's always rogue people out there, but teachers want what's best for our students, for our kids. And, and when you have a partnership, it's a beautiful thing. Well, and I was just thinking as you're talking about that, that um, while the aim is to help youth and develop them into competent, informed citizens, so much um, of our discourse in this fragmented media culture means that where do you turn? So I'm looking for maybe uh, someone to apply to this grant, something that helps parents navigate that and dovetail with what's going on in the classroom. Yeah, absolutely. I love yeah, that. there can be some really beautiful ways there. I mean, when we think about informed participation in civic life, it might mean that teachers and parents work together to learn the skills of civil dialogue, of learning about misinformation, of being able to sort and sift information. I mean, when I was growing up, there were like five channels on television, right? right? And I was Couple the remote control. And like, encyclopedia yeah. my, right? behind us. My parents would s send me across the shag carpet and to turn the remote, right? Yep. I was the remote. Yeah. And, but now every single person is yeah. a broadcaster. Every oh, yeah. single, And we've got to... And we take in what we see without a lot of critical oh. thinking. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't even I, – yeah. I feel like we've lost a skill of research also where you can't fact check mm -hmm. because you don't even know where to go to fact check. Right. There is no single source. There is no Walter Cronkite that no. anyone can, uh, can agree on. And I, you know, I go back and forth. Is that good? Is that bad? Yeah. But uh, with how little time we all each individually have, especially parents, working parents, single parents mm – -hmm. Uh, households, it can be a real challenge. So, folks, get these grant applications in. They're ju due June 30th. Right. And what's the website for the Utah Civic Learning Collaborative? Yeah, placeforallutah.org is the Utah Learning Utah Civic Learning Collaborative. A simple way is USBE, the Utah State Board of Education. Mm -hmm. You'll find all those links. The right. beautiful thing about the web, yeah. it's connected. <laughs> You're going to so get it. Uh, yeah. And we'll put them in the show notes tonight, too. But it is Summer of Civics for the Collaborative. Yes. Any reading list or book Ooh, that you think people yeah, should give it to us. be uh, looking to? Gosh, I, you know, the Civic Season, actually, there's a really cool website uh, on the Civic Season that, that um, our partners at uh, State History are really focusing on. And... Um, I think educating yourself about Juneteenth will be a great place to start, mm -hmm. a great way to start. And yeah. there, there's some really cool connections for mm -hmm. Utah during that civic season that connect through uh, all the way through Pioneer Day. All of, all of this is a part of our Love incredible it. history. So. Well, Robert, thanks so much for coming in. You're welcome to stay as we awesome. move thank on so to much. Flag yeah, Day. Uh, we thank you for your time, and we'll put it in the show notes, all the links to get you to everything Robert was talking about. But now let's add David Wakay to the conversation. 
project manager for More Than a Flag initiative to get a new Utah state flag. He's also the director of strategic initiatives for the Utah Department of Cultural and Community Engagement. I'm guessing you have some details about civic season as as well to share with us, David. But bring us up to date on More Than a Flag. Today is Flag Flag Day. Day. Let's get it. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much. Today is Flag Day. Happy Flag Day to all of you. Um, the, uh, the, the More Than a Flag initiative has been going on officially since January 19th uh, when we launched the project. Um, it actually started uh, several months before that um, as a legislative uh, act to embark on a project to redesign the state flag and have a conversation uh, about what unites us as Utahns and what brings us together and, and what kind of things we, you know, what values we all share and, and what symbols and landmarks and that sort of thing that, that we can all, uh, all unite around. I, I really love that. I think that's I, – I wish more organizations did that. When, when, when I say more did that, I mean like take a take a pause back and see are are, are we sure the things we have in place are, are still representing everybody who is within our boundaries. So, so David, how many – 1847 was a long time ago. I mean it's uh, – yeah, there's – Statehood, uh, which yeah. was <laughs> – Yeah, the current flag, early, early 1900s. There we go, early there 1900s. We go. Yeah, but – um, yeah, so uh, what I think what you were getting at was just just how engaged was the state. Yeah. Um, so we we had a public submission period that was open for about three and a half months, and we did receive. Uh, we're we're still counting actually, but it was it was north of five thousand <gasps> submissions. Oh my uh, And that includes uh, submissions to our online submission portal where people could design something on their own and submit it. They could submit up to three designs per individual. But also uh, ideas. Like I'm not an artist. But I got ideas. Exactly. We yeah, we, we built we <laughs> built a, a, another component to it yeah. to where anyone who doesn't want to design or can't design can go on and, and actually have a conversation with us there that says, these are the values that mm, are important I to me. And that. these are the symbols or landmarks or even colors that yeah. I want to see included in colors. the state flag. Statehood, 1896. I had to look that up again. Right. But um, I'm sure we've had a flag or two since then. I couldn't even really tell you what's on the flag i'd have to look at it and go oh yeah yeah that's the utah state flag it's a big sea of blue and then this eagle really busy keep icon going. in the yeah. middle it's got the stars got the st- yeah. yeah yeah how many can we name keep going eagle there's a beehive in there yeah, i'm sure beehive. Some yep. Yep. i want the state dinosaur on there maybe but that's just me that and that's <laughs> i think i made that there up you go. there we go but um the goal is to then work with artists and come up with some variations of these themes, right? So what? where are we in the process? Where is it headed next? Yeah, so uh, another component of the project was to actually engage the public art community, mm-hmm. uh, or the, sorry, the professional artist community. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we had a, a public call for artists to submit, you know, their, their qualifications, and we, we selected five artists and, uh, and or firms, and they submitted designs as well, and those are going to go into the big pot of, let's say, 5,000, right? And, and our design review committee, who's made up of people from all over the state, they're actually getting together for the first time on June 24th, and wow. they will be reviewing those 5,000 designs. We're going to start narrowing it down, and uh, over the next couple months, we're going to get it you know, closer and closer. We'll hopefully get to uh, a, a much smaller and more reasonable number that we could post on our website in, during the month of August so that the state can again see where we're at and what, what has kind of made it to the top, let's say, 20 or 30. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and There's nothing worse than asking 1.3 million people <laughs> what they think of five designs, yeah, though, right? Yeah, but you know what? The one thing that, that we've felt most proud about is that we, we really tried to make this project something that everyone 
could feel a part of. Everyone had a chance to 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 speak their their opinions on the flag, to give their input, you know, as to what was important for them. And we're going to do that again when we get closer to that final flag design. So we're going to be able to allow them to provide their feedback um, about what they see. You know, it, we'll then get it to about three uh, in September, which will go to our legislative task force, which is made up of uh, our governor, lieutenant governor, and a few legislators. And then their job is to, to uh, put forth one that goes to the legislature in a special session in the fall. And uh, the goal is to have a brand new state flag by the end of this year. Which means by the time we celebrate statehood again in, in January. So that's happening. That, it feels that's fast. exciting, though. It, it, you know, it does feel fast. But I, I think what an honor and a privilege to say you were a part of the redesign mm -hmm. of a state flag. I don't, I don't hear that too often when I'm reading news and things of that yeah. nature. But is it a flag representing where we've been or where we're going, Rashawn? I, both. The answer is yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you, you have to take, you know, I mean— Regardless of our sordid history, you have to take a little bits and pieces of that because it, 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 it is what brought us to this very moment right now. And I, I'm excited to see what they come up with. I, do you, I, I don't want to get to socials yet because it's too early, but I'm excited. I just, the art, the, I'm no artist. I just, yeah, let me pause. But the art lover in me wants to see you know all, like. yeah, wants to see all the submissions. I would go through all 5,000 to look. <laughs> I mean, because it is exciting to see what people come up with, the good, oh, the wow. bad, and the interesting. You know what the most exciting thing was about this entire project was we, we engaged schools, school districts, and students around the state, right? We, we created these worksheets for, for teachers to have conversations about what unites us, what is important to you, and, and have students draw, you know, using crayons, markers, whatever it may be, draw their flag, and they got to mail it directly to our office. So a couple weeks ago, we got to open mm -hmm. all of those packages, and the happiness that it brought our team to be able to open those and see what was important to students and how they designed something and not just draw a flag, but also describe what those colors meant to them, mm -hmm. what those symbols meant to them. That's and it was brilliant. just awesome. Well, it, and yeah, what absolutely. we're talking about with Robert just a minute ago about how to engage young folks in that's civics and why it. it's important. That's a huge. We talk about choice. history. We talk about what's in our current flag. We, you know, we're not get, getting rid of that, mm -hmm. that history of what's in our current flag. They talk about that. They talk about what can unite us today, you know, what's important to us today. And uh, it was it was awesome. It kind of felt like a, a statewide community art project yes. mm. that we are all engaging in. And we all get to see, you know, the fruits of that by the end of the year with a brand new flag. I really love, though, that you've engaged the professional art community to create the final submissions and ultimately – uh, one flag for one for flag all. Rule them all because I've I've done some t-shirt design <laughs> contests here at KRCL. <laughs> a committee of five thousand ideas is a, is a lot, yeah, but there's a way to still stay involved and, and yeah. pay attention to this process, and it's by getting involved in your website. Right? Yeah, so flag.utah.gov is where we've got current updates about where we're at in the process. Um, we will be continuing to share information, um, maybe even some flag designs when we get down the line. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, the month of August is really where, you know, we invite the community to come visit uh, those flag designs and give us feedback and, and be a part of the process even more. Well, please come back oh when, yeah, when I we yes. get there. I would look forward to that. Yeah. Thank you. Happy Flag yeah, Day. Happy, happy Flag, flag day, day, David. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, there's your your rallies and resources, Rashawn. And folks, of course, you can go to krcl.org and you can find links to everything that we've been talking about. And of course, for the rest of the show, uh, do you have any symbols or colors that you'd like to see in a new Utah state flag? No, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm You're open. open. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm an, yeah, you know me. If it, as long as it, as long as it looks pretty amazing, I'll, uh -huh. I'll let it, I'll let it wave.
All right, I like that. Well, let's get to uh, your Roundtable Tuesday panel discussion. You and I went to a show. Uh, yes, we did. Six, eight weeks back. St. Paul and the Broken Bones, mm -hmm. who we were blown away by. Oh, my gosh. Danielle Ponder. The opener. She she was just fabulous. Mm -hmm. It was I was mm -hmm. I hadn't heard of her before. But man, when I tell you, listeners, you will hear her after. Well, and what did she say? I was a public defender yesterday. Yeah, she was a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, she was a lawyer before. We need where's all, all our public defenders just coming to the. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. Well, this one's called The Only Way Out, Rashawn. All right. The Only Way Out by Daniel Ponder off the album Some of Us Are Brave. KRCL. Located at Jordan Park on Salt Lake City's west side, the Ninth West Farmer's Market happens every Sunday, 9 a.m. to 2, rain or shine, hot or cold, through mid-October. Featuring locally made goods and homegrown produce from backyard gardeners, farmers, chefs, beekeepers, and more. Details at ninthwestfarmersmarket.org. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Love's Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow, spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. Remember that scooter stage you went through in high school? KRCL's vehicle donation partners, Cars Inc., will come take that scooter off your hand, give you a tax receipt, and cut a check to KRCL. Whether your boat dream has finally sunk or you've gotten the last mile out of your beloved banner wagon, donating your vehicle to KRCL is easy and helps support the community radio station you love. Visit the support tab at krcl.org for more information about donating your vehicle to KRCL. You're listening to Roundtable Tuesday on Radioactive. I'm Rashawn Leak. Coming up, we have Democracy Now! at 7 with Amy Goodman, Vagabond Radio with Barbie at 8, Connor's Late Night Lowdown at 10.30, Super Sounds with Chobie at 1 a.m., and John Florence starts a brand new day at 6. So I'm I'm coming back. We're coming back, and uh, we got in the, in the studio with me, I have Janetta Williams of the NAACP Salt Lake Branch of Salt Lake Branch in Tri-State area of Utah, Nevada, and Idaho, and Robert Birch of Sima Hadithi African American Heritage and Cultural Foundation, which just last weekend conducted a soil ceremony ceremony for black men lynched in the Beehive State. Welcome to the show, you two. Thank, Thank you. you. Of course, of course. So Juneteenth in Utah is a holiday. Yes. I mean, I, like, I, I got to start. Did y'all see that coming? No, I was just thinking, who is thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a long long ways coming. Yeah, long a lot of A lot of work. <laughs> so I so I for one for our listeners who don't know, let's just start off with the basics. All right. So people who don't know, Janetta, what is what does the NAACP stand for? Let's start real basic. Okay, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And it's my late good friend Julian Bonze, people come in all colors. All right. So NAACP or civil rights organization that uh, was founded in nineteen oh nine and here in Salt Lake City uh, in uh, nineteen eighteen. And so we have a rich history uh, here across the country as well as in Utah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And, and sir, Seema Hadithi, what does that stand for? Seema Hadithi means tell the story. Uh, our foundation uh, 
was founded on the idea that a lot of us do our family history. We do. We we know what's in our family Bible. We know our little records and our oral history. But until we share those stories with the community, our history in this country will never be told. And so that's what we want to help people do. Take those stories that they know and share it with the rest of us and see how much you can change the history of this country and the history of this state. I, I love that. All right. Well, let, let's let's stay with you, Robert. Since we're talking about history, what is what is so this is a loaded one. Okay. What is Juneteenth? Who is celebrating it? And is celebration is is the term celebrating even the right word to depict what should be what we should be doing for Juneteenth? Oh, of course, I think that's going to be some important celebration to do. I mean, freedom came. There we go. <laughs> so, so let's celebrate. Uh, but yeah, Juneteenth is is just as uh, hopefully most of us know by now is was that last day on June nineteenth, uh, where the slaves in Utah found out that they were free. Uh, actually, here in Utah, we used to celebrate Emancipation Day okay. in the eighteen nineties and up uh, up until nineteen hundred had Emancipation Day queens and and uh, dinners and things of that nature. Um, but then rolling it up to close to us the last three decades, about 33 years or so, where Miss Betty Sawyer has been mm-hmm. one of the people leading the effort to create what we know now as Juneteenth instead of Emancipation Day. <coughs> and uh, finally being able to make it a national holiday with our new president as well as a state holiday with our new governor. All right, I wanna I wanna take the conversation over because because you did something that I'm 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 super I'm super impressed with and you know and I know it's it's not something that that is surprising to to you because you are an activist and you are paving the way for many of us behind you. But you sent a letter to the Coeur d'Alene sheriff after after the the events the events that just transpired over I want to say over the weekend. So yes. what what caused you to to send a letter? Uh, well, what caused me to send the letter is because I do have history of what happened in Coeur d'Alene before. There have been a lot of white supremacists in that area years back. Mm-hmm. And as I say, part of the group that I was involved in, the Northwest Coalition Against Malicious Harassment, mm-hmm. and Father Wasmuth uh, helped head that, and another one person by the name of Mr. Stewart that still lives there. Uh, Father Wasmuth has since passed away. But we had a, a group of white supremacists that they had a compound in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, wow. And uh, Reverend Richard Butler was the overseer of that. And by the time that we ended up finishing up with everything that they did, uh, a lot of them were in prison. Uh, Richard Butler has since uh, passed away. And then when I saw what had happened with these groups over the weekend going to um, do some things against the, you know, the pride a parade that they were doing, the Pride Celebration. Uh, I thought what the sheriff did there, the not the sheriff rather, but the police chief, uh, Lee White did, uh, and his police officers were outstanding. And when we see uh, police officers doing these things like that, they should be recognized. Absolutely. They were getting a lot of hate mail and hate telephone calls. Uh, I first talked to their his office, the, the police chief's office, and let them know that I commend them on acting on that tipsters, uh, what he, that tipster had seen. And I always tell folks, if you see something, say something. And in that instance, 
uh, that's why those 31 people were apprehended. I, I, I love that. I, I really, I really do love that, Janetta. And I, so on the backdrop of that, we, we find out that, what is it? Six or seven Utahns, six, six, six Utahns were arrested. And are, are we, I mean, are we ready to even recognize Juneteenth in this state? You know, when you hear people in, and I, and I made the mistake, I'm a, I'm gonna call myself out there. I, I made the mistake of getting in the com in the comment section of the, of the paper when they, or not the paper, but of of the KSL when they when they posted it, and you know you hear comments like, oh well, you know how do we even know it was a white supremacist group? How do we know they were planning on doing anything bad? And you know, and this is our these are our neighbors. These are our fellow citizens. Are are we ready to have Juneteenth in this state? We are absolutely ready to have Juneteenth in the state. Uh, we we look at so much that that's happened in history. Uh, we look at even a lot of the folks here in Utah didn't want it to have a Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was called Human Rights Day. And I am so proud that I took the initiative to work with so many different folks, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the church, uh, LDS Church, and others, and making sure that we got that changed and getting sponsors. And it, was, it wasn't an easy task. Uh, getting sponsors and co-sponsors for that particular bill, and it was passed. Uh, in fact, one of the last states that actually have it named after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. And, in fact, Dr. Bernice King was here in April, and she had already uh, had called and wanted to meet me because she had heard about it, and I was surprised. I actually totally taken back and surprised. Uh, but we, we do have the Juneteenth, and it's a holiday that everybody can recognize and celebrate because uh, it goes to show that, you know, we're, we may be late coming in, <laughs> in some instances, but <laughs> we're getting there slowly but surely. Uh, I love it. I love it. And so, and so I'm going to, I'm going to stay with you, Janetta, because you, uh, you, you did something, uh, you know, you, you're a trailblazer. If, if people don't know, Miss Janetta, Ms. Janetta Williams is a trailblazer for a lot of us and, you know, not just our activism, but really showing up where, where, you know, put, for lack of a better term, put, you know, putting our money where our, our mouth is and saying, you know, if this is not right, I, we want to show up and make sure people, people know about it. And so we could really, you know, make sure it, we, we do something about it. And it's not just talk, it's action. Exactly. And so you asked the DOJ, the Department of Justice, to investigate the SLC uh, school board and the administrators. So yes. what, what? What caused that? What's going on for, for the listeners in the back who don't know? Okay. okay. Yes, I know. I, I step out there a lot of times and, you know, on faith, of course. Absolutely. And what happened was that I had been hearing so much uh, different things going on uh, with the school board of Salt Lake City uh, discriminating against all the African-Americans that had come in to work. Uh, this is the first time that we've ever had in the state of Utah an African-American superintendent uh, and at the same time, an African-American associate superintendent mm -hmm. and the other folks that were African-Americans that were in their cabinet. And the, the board, uh, all except for one that I know of, that they were doing a lot of discrimination, whatever that was going on. Uh, they were, you know, micromanaging. They were doing a lot of discrimination, making a, for a very hostile working environment. And finally, I just said, you know what? Somebody needs to do something about this. You know, why not me? Mm -hmm. And that's what I call the U.S. Attorney's Office. I made some other calls to other officials as well. And um, 
I said, I'm going to file a um, complaint against the Salt Lake School Board. And they were surprised. But uh, (laughs) it's just something that that needed to be done. I even called my national headquarters, our general counsel, and said, this is what's going on. I want you to know about it before you hear it in the news. (laughs) And I want to make sure that, uh, that you know so I can have the support. And they said, absolutely. And so I have the support of my national as well because uh, I filed other complaints here in the state and we, you know, against housing and against affordable uh, housing, against accessible housing uh, and, and those things. And I've had really good working relationships, of course, with the national. I served on our national board of directors for six years. Okay. And so I, under the leadership of um, uh, Lee Evers Williams. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do have a good working relationship with our national. So it's just something that has to be done. And, yeah. and people can't just see these things happening and don't do or say anything about it because we say that we are welcoming stay here and we want people to come and live here. We want to make sure that people know that they can come here, work here, and they're not discriminated against. And so it's, it's a time that I'm just saying that DLJ come in, do a full investigation thorough investigation, and they'll see exactly uh, that there has been a lot of blatant discrimination going on. It's, I mean, I, I think you put up a, a, a really good point. You know, we, we pride ourselves as a state of being, a, you know, a sanctuary state, sanctuary city here in Salt mm-hmm. Lake. And then, and then low, you know, behind the scenes, we have a school board that is causing problems for, for some of our, you know, our, our black leaders. And I, and, I'm, and, I, and I commend you and I say thank you. Thank well, you thank for you. really for really doing that. And uh, Robert, I want to I want to take the conversation over you cuz you're doing some things out there. So, I want to talk about I want to talk about what you're working on. I want to talk about what you're working on with Sema Hadithi. So, you you're collecting soil. Yes. So, what is that? So, what what steered you to that program? What was going on that, that caught that piqued your interest? Well, that was a, a program I've heard about years ago. Right. Uh, that uh, the soil was being collected from the sites of lynching around the country. And right now, the Equal Justice Initiative has a, uh, a, a book of about 4,400 lynchings that they've documented in the United States. And uh, I, like a lot of people, didn't realize that there was some lynchings here in Utah. Mm-hmm. And so we just started looking into it and as individuals. Yes. And, and what happened is that as I started looking into it and, and contacting EJI, there have been other people who were also contacting them. And so uh, EGI said, look, all of you guys need to get together and talk and do this as a community. Right. You know, because uh, we would even had groups here who went to lynching sites and put soil in jars and sent it to EGI. Oh, okay. And they rejected. Because the objective is to have the community conversations surrounding how could a community lynch someone outside of the justice system and think it's okay and what kind of environment creates that that you think it's okay to just kill a man in the streets you know or take him from the police and kill him in the streets and so equal justice initiative wanted that focus to be a community conversation so once we became got together with uh, the people who uh, talked with EGI previously and then get together with different organizations like the NAACP University of Utah and, and, and uh, different churches, Calvary and mm-hmm. Trinity and, and, and whatnot, uh, we were 
accepted to 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 uh, do this this soil collection program. You you literally have to go through a process. You have to basically apply, and so and they accepted our uh, uh, desire to to do these lynchings to commemorate uh, Thomas Coleman and Sam Joe Harvey uh, here in Salt Lake County, and that's the event that we had this past weekend. So what does that process look like? I mean, so so does the research come first where you have to, and, and you know, and, and this is, I apologize because this is a silly question because we know black people have been getting lynched all over this country, but do you have to prove that there's been lynchings? Yes, yes. Uh, they, they didn't even accept Thomas Coleman when we first submitted that matter. Uh, and so uh, fortunately we have a, a great team of, of folk uh, up at the University of Utah who know how to do that type of research, mm -hmm. who was able to put together some compelling information, and we submitted it to the Equal Justice Initiative, and they accepted that as a lynching. Uh, and Sam Joe Harvey was a little bit more obvious because of the way it happened and right, the way right. it was reported in newspapers, so that wasn't a big issue. But even with him, we still took the time to do that homework, do that research to be able to tell the story. And so when we uh, went back to the EJI after they accepted us and we said here is the information we would like to submit to EJI to make sure that whatever stories we tell about these men are as accurate as possible because sometimes information is put out about events that are not necessarily accurate. We wanted to make sure that it was it, the information was accurate and that we told the story in a way that we understand that these was human beings. Right, right. You know, and so uh, we went through a lot of effort to get that done right. All right, so I'm a, uh, this is a question for both of you, but it comes from a statement that, that you said in an article that I read. To improve the future, we must acknowledge the past. Mm -hmm. So what does acknowledging the past look like when, you, when you're dealing with you know, a subject such as dark as lynching? The, the problem we're having in the United States is kind of like, um, and I forget the, the, the guy's name, but he was served as uh, attorney general for uh, uh, Barack Obama. Eric Holder. Oh, okay, yeah. He said in the United States, we are cowards when it comes to talking about race. Mm. Mm. Within a year, he was gone. But <laughs> he said that we in the United States are cowards when it comes to talk about race. And that is something that has stuck with me because in so many aspects, it is true. We cannot get past this thing until we talk about this thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's difficult. It's shameful, is is despicable, but until we talk about it and work through it, then the problem will always be here for our children. Right. We we can as adults can say that it is uncomfortable for us, but we still don't want to leave that task to our children right. because it's gonna be just as uncomfortable for them. So we, we just have to take the bull by the horn and, and have the conversations that need to be had. And I want I wanna ask the same question to you, uh Janetta. What to improve the future, we must acknowledge the past. So what does that look like? Uh, what it looks like is making sure that history is taught in schools. Mm. Uh, it can't be erased. You can't mm. go and take and go say, preach. You know, <laughs> we're <laughs> going to uh, take away all these books. And, mm -hmm. uh, and we want to make sure that people know that black history is American history. And we need to make sure that it's taught in schools. We need to teach it to our little ones early on and making sure that uh, that we continue to talk about it, talk about mm -hmm. the lynchings that happened. Uh, because uh, years back, 
when the NAACP was first founded. There was a sign that they w had put in, in the windows over the headquarters of NAACP. The black man was lynched last night. And so those things are things that we need to talk about. Uh, we can't just sweep it under the rug and like it never happened. Uh, we must continue to talk about the segregated schools. Mm -hmm. um, I went to segregated schools uh, before they were integrated, of course, because of Brown v. Board of Education. Mm -hmm. And so we, we need to talk about it. Uh, I still remember my first white school teacher's name. And of course, I always remember my first teacher, her name as well. And so Mrs. Essie B. Williams, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and, and um, Mrs. McGee was my first white teacher that I had. So we need to make sure that we teach our history to our young folks and make sure that they know that it hasn't always been this way, that there's been struggles and there have been people that have fought with us uh, when Every we talk about the, even the, you know, can white people celebrate Juneteenth? Yes, because the white people were helping when we were doing voting rights and making sure that we did, mm -hmm. had all those struggles. We had, couldn't have do it, couldn't have done it by ourselves. And so we had the people like uh, Thurgood Marshall even, you know, all the work that he did, uh, the, you know, with Brown v. Board of Education. And then I always talk about my good friend, the late Julian Bond, when he uh, in inspired me when I was trying to inspire him to uh, put up, uh, to do a resolution on on um, bullying in schools. Mm. And because we had so many young people, uh, even in 2009, uh, committing suicide. And Julian was the, on the board at that time. And he and I corresponded almost on a nightly basis all the time. He would do some of his speeches and he would send them to me and ask me, what did I think about them? And, and this is a professor at the college. Yeah. So we, we were very good friends. And then he inspired me to write our bullying resolution that we have now as a policy for our NAACP and yeah. through our Salt Lake branch. So it's a, a time that people need to just know yeah. what's been going on and know the history. Right. I love it. I love and, it. And and if, if you don't mind, yeah, just ahead, kind of follow ahead. up on what Janetta said. And it's not just that we are teaching history. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of this mythologized history, this fantasy history. Okay. Because we're spending too much of our time arguing over falsehood. Right. If we're going to argue with each other, let's argue about the truth. And right now, so much of the things that we're teaching our kids in school are not based on reality. Mm -hmm. They're these mythologies that we've created. And that's why how we get to this point where slavery is pretended to not even to be real in the United States anymore. It was just they romantic. Were just yes. So we need to also have conversation about truth. Right. And you're listening to KRCL's Radioactive, the Roundtable Tuesday edition with me, Rashawn Leak, and we're talking about Juneteenth and the things that kind of go around, uh, go along and, uh, and around with that. And joining me is Janetta Williams of the NAACP and Robert Birch of Simi Hadithi. And so I want to stay with that, Robert, because I think that brings up a really good point. And, and so what does education look like? How how do we get that when we when we're getting, you know, and, and I say we because we we all are seeing it, you know, every every step of the way, you know, teachers are are being told you can't teach that you can't teach that, you can, you know, and, and in Florida, you can't say gay and, you know, right. things like that. It, right. It's just it, it feels like it's just steamrolling out of control right now. 
yes, I think it is, and it, and it hits on much of what Janetta said, is that we cannot take books mm -hmm. and say we don't like that book, therefore everyone's child should not be taught that. Right. You can say that for your, your child, child. Yep, but yep. you can't say that for my child. And so uh, we really, again, have to be honest about that, and if you are uncomfortable with the topic or with anything in mm -hmm. life, that's a decision you have to make for yourself personally yeah. and not try to make it for a community who may think and believe completely different from you. Uh, and I think, at least I feel, that we are in certain states, whether it's Texas or Utah, there are dominant cultures that would like for their story to be told in the, mytholo uh, the mythological way they l would like to tell it mm -hmm. and, leaves er and leave everyone else's story out. And so my story does not fit their narrative, therefore my story shouldn't be told. And we don't want that. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, last question, and then we'll get into some of the Juneteenth activities. But this is just too good not to t keep, keep this conversation <laughs> going. So, Janetta, in a country that some, some say feel more divided than ever, you know, and you, you hear Robert talking about education, how do, we, how do we find common ground to bring forth some sense of unity? I think... To find common ground is to know about one another. Uh, uh, what we need to do is sit down and have conversations with other races and making sure that people feel comfortable. And one of the things that I would say, you know, when you know more, you know, you do better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I would think that once we know one another and we can sit and talk with one another, we can understand each other better. What about you? What about what do you got to say about that, Robert? <laughs> I, again, it hits the same note that Jeanette is saying. I mean, we're, we're working on projects at Simon Hadithi like uh, uh, Peoples of Utah and Many Stories, One Utah, where we want to hear the voices of all communities. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to not just hear the uh, uh, voice of the dominant community, but we want to hear the voices of black people, Native Americans, mm -hmm. Hispanics. Asians, everyone who has a story to tell in Utah, because most of these people have been here since yep. Utah, and w in the case of, uh, of uh, Hispanics and in the case of Native Americans for thousands of years mm -hmm. prior. So we shouldn't be leaving their stories out. And, and we really, my thing in Samuel Hadithi is unity, unity through historical truth. We have to talk about the his history and the truth therein in order to us to become the community, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, the beloved community that mm -hmm. we say we want to be. I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> all right. So what so Juneteenth this weekend, Juneteenth all month, what are we what what should our listeners be looking forward to, Janetta? Well, there's a lot of activities going on and I know Robert has a list there. I mm -hmm. know I'm doing we've done some already. Uh, uh, in fact, we partnered NAACP with the uh, uh, League of Women Voters, and we did that one and uh, at a park uh, a couple of Sundays, ago, Saturdays ago, in fact. Uh, then we have the ERG, which is the um, uh, kind of a uh, ethnic uh, minority group for the courts. Okay. And so they have a symposium tomorrow. So I'll be presenting to that group as well as uh, Morgan, Morgan Stanley, group and then we have the West Jordan coming up on Saturday 
and we have, um, uh, in fact, Friday is the Salt Lake County one at 11.30 in the morning. Uh, that's the, the one. And then also uh, Mill Creek on Sunday afternoon. And they, it's kind of like a kind of a jam session. I love and it. So I love it. It's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be really good. So a lot of people are excited about that one, as well as the the West Jordan. And then I won't talk about all of them. I'll let Robert <laughs> say something. He has some well, of the ones the, over here. Yeah, what do you got going on, well, Robert? It, it's a great thing that uh, uh, that the state has recognized Juneteenth because there are uh, a lot of activities going on. Uh, one of the activities I'm participating in is, is, is tomorrow is, is going to be at Zion's Bank okay. to talk with them about the specific subject of slavery, which, of, of course, what leads us into Juneteenth. And we will be having a great uh, 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 Juneteenth festival up in Ogden on the 18th and the 19th. Uh, one of the big events that we're especially excited about is the uh, Black Women's Mural Festival. Uh, unveiling that we're going to be having on the uh, 27th. So uh, we want you to come out and and see for the uh, women of excellence, black women of excellence in here in Utah that we're doing a mural for so that w along with uh, uh, the organization Better Days and 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 try to put up some, some monuments and mm, uh, okay. me memories of uh, successful and great black people here in Utah. Love it. You know, so uh, we'll be doing the same thing in July with uh, up on uh, This Is the Plate, my Place Monument Park with those uh, 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 statues of, of four people and two children that's going to be going up on, on, on the hill up there. Uh, so just a lot of great things. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Just a lot of great things. All right. So give me some socials. Where can people find you? Okay, well, we're at samahadithi.org. That's S-E-M-A-H-A-D-I-T-H-I dot O-R-G. Or you can find us at samahadithi on Facebook. And NAACP is N-A-A-C-P dash Salt Lake Branch dot O-R-G. And we also have Facebook. <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate you two coming down and educating us so much. Thank you for spending some time this afternoon with KRCL and our listeners. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. Well, that's our show, folks. It's been a it's been a pleasure. And you know what? I'm I'm not gonna sit here and recreate the wheel because Miss Janetta Williams said it best. When you know more, you do better. And that's just it. And that really comes down to it, it comes down to education, y'all. So, you know, make sure Make sure you're looking. At, if you're confused about what Juneteenth is, I encourage you all to read up on it. This is not just a, a black people celebration. This is an all people celebration. So I look forward to seeing you all out there about in them streets wearing them KRCL shirts. <laughs> we got a lot going on this weekend, next weekend following. So please make sure you get involved in our community. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. KRCL. KRCL's annual record and CD sale will be making its triumphant return in 2022. We're planning something special, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, we'll be taking donations of your gently used, tremendously loved, but slightly neglected records and CDs. If you can let go, 
we can make sure those treasures get their way to the next music lover in line. Donations are tax-deductible and will help power your community radio station, 90.9 FM, KRCL. If you'd like to donate, reach out to me, Eric P. Nelson, at recordsale at krcl.org for details. See you soon.